This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Hello and welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Back from a three-day weekend celebrating the Veterans Day holiday. And uh, it is Monday, November 13th, 2023. Quite a few headlines to go over today, so let's get right to them. Biden campaign officials say one term is not enough to fix the financial woes of America. That's hilarious. They created the financial woes that we are in. They took the last three years to destroy our economy, and now they want four more years? To do what? To destroy it more? The Biden-Harris campaign communication director said a brick wall of MAGA extremism has contributed to Americans struggling financially and working multiple jobs to make ends meet. Really? So it has nothing to do with Bidenflation? Bidenomics? Biden recession? Biden empty shelves, Biden doubling of the cost of fuel, Biden all the labor shortages, the strikes, has nothing to do with that, does it? The campaign official named Michael Tyler told CNN's Victor Blackwell on the CNN Morning Weekend Show Saturday, quote, That's precisely why we need another four years to continue to finish the job, right? I think it's important, too, that the president, of course, wants to get all this done. But we've had to be honest about the brick wall of MAGA extremism that we continue to run into when we're trying to get things done for the American people. Now, funnier couldn't happen because it is hilarious for these idiots to think and even more hilarious for half the nation to believe that pack of lies. Tyler was allegedly responding to a question about how President Biden has previously said Americans shouldn't be forced to work two jobs in order to stay afloat and above the poverty line. What about 17.5% inflation since Biden took office, when we had virtually no inflation under Donald Trump? It's strange. This clown Blackwell said, The Labor Department numbers came out for the third quarter. Nearly 8.4 million people in this country are working at least two jobs. That's the highest number since 2019. Really? Ever since Joe Biden's been the president? But then this guy continues, So, when people are looking for that economic shift, they don't feel it. Then Blackwell pointed to a woman who's working three jobs to make ends meet. I thought Joe Biden was going to cure everything, but instead he's made everything worse and worse and worse. So then this clown Blackwell, parroting Joe Biden and his clownish commentary, said, Are we going to continue to work to build an economy that grows and the middle out and the bottom up? Or do we want to return to the failed trickle-down economic policies that Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans put in place for generations? <laughs> I'm going to stop right now and point out a few things that intelligent, forward-thinking Americans should already know, but you might just need a reminder. During the four years of Donald Trump's presidency, we were better off financially than we have been since Joe Biden took office, and far better off than we were during eight years of Barack Hussein Obama 
and full Democratic Party control in both houses of Congress. Remember? Yes, the Republicans did kind of take over for a few years during the Obama-Biden administration, but they were stonewalled by weak leadership in the House of Representatives. Then this clown finishes up by saying, This is the work that we have to do over the next four years. The president understands the challenges, he understands people's concerns, and he's doing the work to solve them. And so we have to make sure that everybody gets out and votes on November of 2024 so we can get the work done. Well, I'll say this. We do need to make sure that we get out and vote Republican in November of 2024. Just one year from now, you are going to be involved in, and it's cliched to say it, but it's a fact, the most important election in your lifetime. Because if Biden and the Democrats continue to destroy our country, there won't be a country left to save. This is the Truth Hurts program. Another headline reads, the electric vehicle market is failing and Biden is to blame. Andy Rodriguez writes in State of the Union publication, Joe Biden's forceful stance on his green energy agenda is wreaking havoc on major vehicle manufacturers. General Motors announced it will no longer be manufacturing the several hundred thousand EVs it had originally planned to roll off the line by 2024. And that announcement comes closely after the discovery of multiple issues with their EV technology, or lack thereof. General Motors executives have admitted the delay of launching the Chevy Equinox EV, the Chevy Silverado EV RST, the GMC Sierra EV Denali, and a major recall of the Chevy Bolt with a B automobiles. GM executive Bob Lutz said, quote, the American public is not ready for the broad adoption of electric vehicles. There are maybe 10 to 12% of people who really want an electric vehicle. The remainder still want internal combustion. And even the unions are worried because adopting electric vehicle technology is going to antiquate many of their jobs and put them out of work altogether. This is all Joe Biden's fault. But that's not the only fault. Andy Rodriguez has another article in State of the Union entitled, Biden's New Pronoun Policy Violates the Law. You know that transgender bender Richard Levine who calls himself Dr. Rachel Levine, the heavy, overweight, long, gray-haired dude that dresses up like a woman in a skirt and a somewhat-looking military uniform? That weird, queerish guy? He has introduced the new gender pronoun policy, and that pronoun policy is in direct violation of your First Amendment right to freedom of speech. You can call him a him. You don't have to call him a her, but Biden is pushing it onward. Claire O'Hare writes, Joe Biden's double standard on extremism is exposed. During a recent White House press briefing, the quota hire, French dip, Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black girl, the lesbian woman who only got her job because she be black. She be a woman and she be a lesbian. The only reason she got her job was because she checked off those boxes on Joe Biden's 
inclusivity and diversity checklist. She says that she is failing to condemn the anti-Semitic extremists amidst a surge of anti-Israel protests. When asked about protesters making Jewish students feel unsafe, Karine Jean-Pierre avoided addressing the issue. Instead, she reiterated the administration's stance against hate in general. But she doesn't mind mentioning anti-Palestinian hate directly. It's a double standard. It is hypocrisy at its finest. She also mentioned President Biden's opposition to Donald Trump's immigration policies and efforts to counter Islamophobia. Listen to this woman. She is an absolute embarrassment. And this is how she speaks. Of course, Fox News' Peter Ducey, the only man in the room with the balls enough to ask the right questions, is the bane of Karine Jean-Pierre's existence. Listen to this exchange. What if Biden think the anti-Israel protesters in this country are extremists? What I can say is what we've been very clear about this. When it comes to anti-Semitism, there is no place. We have to make sure that we speak against it very loud uh, and, be, uh, and be very clear about that. Remember, what the president decided to, when the president decided to run for president is what he saw in Charlottesville in 2017, when we, he saw uh, neo-Nazis marching down the streets of Charlottesville uh, with vile, anti-Semitic, uh, just hatred. And he was very clear then, and he's very clear now. Uh, he's taken actions against this over the past two years, and he's continued to be clear. There is no place, no place for this type of vile and despite, despite this, this kind of rhetoric. And we hear you guys, though, talk about extremists all the time. It is usually about MAGA extremists. So what about these protesters who are making Jewish I've students feel very, unsafe very on college campuses? Are they extremists? I've been very, very clear. We are calling out any form of Hate. any form of hate it is not acceptable it should not be acceptable here and we are going to continue to call that out and let and let me be very clear this is a president that has continued to have that fight in his office in this administration you know when he repealed trump's muslim ban on his very first first day in office that is something that this president did uh, he also established an inter-policy committee to counter islamophobia anti-semitism and related forms of bias and discrimination we have taken this very 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 seriously from the president all the way on down does President Biden look at these anti-Israel protests on college campuses and think it's nice to see that the country's youth are so involved, or does he think the next generation is doomed? Here's the thing. There's no place for hate in America. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. There's no place for hate in America, and we condemn any anti-Semitic threat or incident in the strongest terms. And you heard me say at the top, we, we, I gave a message to students uh, who are feeling who are feeling under threat right now, right? You know, we're tracking these threats very closely. We are there for them. Uh, no student should have to be able to go to class, live on campus in fear. And you know, it, these incidents, these reported anti-Semitic incidents at schools and on campuses, that should not be. We have to condemn them. We have. <laughs> Anyway, she goes on rambling, rambling, rambling. She spends much more time trying to call everyone a MAGA extremist and talking about Trump's anti-Muslim policies, which never really did get to the root of, do you 
and President Biden and his administration condemn the anti-Israeli hate that is going on not only in Israel, in Palestine, in Syria, in other countries, but do you condemn it right here? Will the president have the balls to stand up and tell people, stop committing hate crimes against Jews? He's quick to say it about Charlottesville. We got to stop hate crimes against blacks. We got to stop hate crimes against Muslims. But you've never, ever seen Joe Biden come out and call out anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish, anti-Israel hatred. But Joe Biden and his minions all speak out of both sides of their mouths, only trying to appease the far, far left radical, liberal, communistic, socialistic progressives who supposedly catapulted him to his alleged win in 2020. But here's something that Joe Biden doesn't want to brag about. Remember, he ran saying he was going to, quote, end fossil fuels here in the United States. Remember, he was going to end it. Well, the price of fuel is now being design-engineered to come down slightly to trick the stupider half of Americans into thinking that Joe Biden is doing something about the record high cost of fuel since he took office thanks to his programs, policies, procedures, laws, rules, regulations, mandates, and of course, executive actions. U.S. oil production recently hit a new record high while Joe Biden was president. And although that makes some domestic energy producers smile very cautiously, you'll never hear Joe Biden mention the fact that oil production has hit a new record high in this nation. The previous record high happened while Donald Trump was the president when we made over 13.1 million barrels of domestic oil in the U.S. That was right before the Wuhan China novel Corona Fauci flu virus hit in 2020. This month, we have hit a new high, 13.2 million barrels per day on average, and it may drift slightly higher in 2024. You might think you're hearing this wrong, so let me reiterate, yes, the United States is actually producing more oil under President Biden today than it did under Donald Trump to the tune of one-tenth of a million barrels per day. But yet, our oil and gas and fuel prices are more than double what they were when Donald Trump was president. Could it be Biden's inflation? Biden's high taxes? Biden's increased cost to producers? This wasn't supposed to happen after all. Joe Biden campaigned for the White House by vowing to end fossil fuel. One of his very first acts as president was to cancel the permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. Biden supposedly is a champion of renewable energy. He signed the biggest set of green energy initiatives in America last year. So now Biden would sound like a fossil fuel cheerleader if he bragged and boasted about record high levels of oil production under his watch. It would upset the liberal Democrats who pushed for the Green New Deal, which would have gone a lot further than Biden has gone in forcing the U.S. economy 
to wean itself off of fossil fuels or to do a brown slammer on fossil fuels altogether. The best Biden can possibly do is to remind Americans if energy prices fall that it happened on his watch. But unless he can get gasoline below $1.78 a gallon before the next presidential election, the Republicans would be stupid, ignorant, foolhardy, and remiss in their duties to remind everyone that under Joe Biden, the cost of a gallon of unleaded gasoline for your car is more than double what it was while Donald Trump was the president. He can toot his horn and claim to have a green energy agenda, while General Motors has now planned to cut almost all of its electric vehicle production for next year, while offshore wind farms and those projects are going belly up on the eastern coast of the United States in New Jersey, while the new hoped for and prayed for, those design-engineered smaller nuclear power plant reactors will now not be seeing the light of day, while all of Joe Biden's green energy hopes and dreams are falling by the wayside, Joe Biden's administration has actually seen an increase in fossil fuel production. Biden has no choice but to realize and accept the fact that fossil fuels are not going away anytime soon. But he's going to keep pandering to those so-called younger voters who hope and pray for green energy, yet they refuse to give up their plastic cell phones and their plastic rollerblades and their plastic laptops and their plastic everything because those young people are ignorant to the fact that those plastics are manufactured using fossil fuels. The overall inflation rate under Joe Biden hit over 9% in June of 2022. Remember, just a year ago, the gasoline prices hit over $5 a gallon on average, the highest price ever in this nation. The current national price on average for a gallon of unleaded fuel is over $3.40 per gallon, which is double what it was under Donald Trump's presidency. And who could forget Biden's energy ploy, his lie to the American people just before the midterm elections last year, when he sold off 180 million gallons of oil from our Strategic Petroleum Reserve to help bring prices down six cents per gallon. He and his deputies tried to jawbone U.S. drillers into producing more at that time, but the private sector energy companies don't answer to Joe Biden. They answer to investors, to shareholders, eager to lock in profits. Biden has tried to get foreign drillers like Saudi Arabia and Venezuela to go ahead and produce more oil, but he hasn't had much luck. Saudi Arabia and the other OPEC nations have actually been cutting production, not increasing it. And the little teeny tiny bit, that one-tenth of a million barrel a day increase has not done anything to help Joe Biden at the pump. My friends, the bottom line is this. If you believe that Joe Biden truly wants to go green, you're stupid. If you believe that Joe Biden actually believes we don't need fossil fuels, then you're ignorant. And I hate calling people names, 
especially if they're listening to this program. You can't possibly be that dumb to believe anything that Joe Biden says regarding energy policy, unless you're just trolling this program, hoping for some content for your own program. Let me give you some cold hard facts about Biden's so-called green energy strategy. Brady Knox in the Washington Examiner penned an article entitled, Fueling Electric Vehicle Costs Roughly $17 Per Gallon, according to a study. That new study found that electric vehicles are much, much, much more expensive to operate than gasoline and diesel-powered vehicles. In a paper entitled, Overcharged Expectations, Unmasking the True Cost of Electric Vehicles, the Texas Public Policy Foundation stipulated that the hidden cost of fueling EVs drastically outweigh its low upfront alleged fueling costs. The hidden costs come from an increased burden on the energy grid by exerting extra pressure on charging stations, an enormous amount of federal subsidies, and not to mention all of the tax breaks that the companies producing those EVs are getting for losing up to $30,000 per electric vehicle produced. According to this article, Brent Bennett and Jason Isaac write, EV advocates claim that the cost of electricity for EV owners is equal to about $1.21 per gallon of gasoline, that according to the Edison Electric Institute in 2021, but that doesn't take into consideration Biden's 17.5% inflation, and that's an overall average, the cost of fuel to operate electric substations and generating power plants is up exponentially. The cost of charging equipment, the charging losses, averaged out over 10 years and 120,000 miles, actually adds another $1.38 per gallon equivalent on top of the $1.21 per gallon they're already talking about. Adding the cost of the subsidies to the true cost of fueling an EV would equate to an electric vehicle owner having to pay $17.33 per gallon of gasoline. The estimates do not include the hundreds of billions more in the subsidies involved in the so-called lie, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, for the various aspects of the electric vehicle supply chain, particularly for battery manufacturing. Those aren't even included, not to mention regulatory mandates taking up a large chunk of those hidden costs. The study argues that hybrids are far more efficient than full electric vehicles, but hybrid technology is being ignored and poo-pooed by the U.S. government. It is not an overstatement to say that our federal government is subsidizing electric vehicles to a greater degree than even wind and solar electricity generation and embarking on an unprecedented endeavor to try and remake the entire American auto industry into some green joke. Federal policy is also pushing EVs over hybrids, even though hybrids offer a far more efficient way to improve fuel economy and reduce emissions. They use a much smaller battery. They offer excellent driving range and performance, according to this study. They don't require any upgrades to your electric infrastructure. Even Toyota estimated that 90 hybrid batteries can be made from the same amount of raw materials as one EV battery. And the hybrids will reduce emissions 37 times more over the life 
of that car versus one electric vehicle. McParland's study of 2023 proved that out. Hybrids receive fewer subsidies and regulatory favors than EVs. So, according to the Biden administration, it's all EV or nothing at all. What a joke your president and his administration are. Some of the other headlines for today, the Washington Examiner's Mick Mulvaney writes, The hidden political agenda of the United Auto Workers strike, we all know. Everyone thought America was going to feel sorry for the poor, impoverished $80 an hour auto workers who have all sorts of union protections. They don't have to work regular jobs like you. They get to work in an air-conditioned factory. And the union says, you only have to turn four screws on this car and then move it down the line, and someone else will turn four screws on the next car, etc. But not even the high pay and benefits of the unions could help these auto workers stay afloat because of Joe Biden's record-setting, massively high inflation and the woes of Bidenomics. So the union workers did the unthinkable. They went on strike with a Democratic president in charge. Strikes, you know, the tensions between management and labor that led to them, they go back a three, four thousand years. In ancient Egypt, in the first known strike, artisans working on the burial chambers of the pharaoh Ramses III walked off the job, complaining about insufficient rations. Of course, many of them were killed, and they all got back to work, but at least they went on strike, right? Workers striking for better pay or better working conditions then is nothing new. Now, I can't figure out why the auto workers went on strike except for Joe Biden's inflation. The big three had offered more than 20% pay raises in the base wages, as well as inflation protection for higher wages, more time off, thousands of dollars more annually to each retirement plan, but that was not enough for the greedy United Auto Workers Union because the strike was never about better pay or retirement benefits or working conditions. It was always and remains the main objective to promote Marxism, socialism, communism, the political initiatives, not in the same general way that the labor movement and the leftist ideologies have been doing since either one of them began. This strike was about social justice. Take it directly from the UAW, quote, the UAW is back in the fight and we are ready to stand united to win economic and social justice. That's what president of the UAW, Sean Fain, said right in the middle of the whole strike. Make no mistake about it. He is as much an American as Elizabeth Warren is, as Rashida Tlaib is. Not very American. This has only been and will only continue to be about promoting Marxism in the workplace. Meanwhile, people like Joe Biden, they swallow the Kool-Aid and they keep spouting the company lie. Five Democrat mayors in the meantime are now requesting an urgent meeting with gropey Joe Biden. The mayors of Los Angeles, Houston, Denver, New York City, and Chicago are begging to meet with Joe Biden to discuss the massive influx of illegal immigrants into their cities. I thought it was really strange to see Houston's name in that mix. They have been begging for federal assistance for decades. They're now asking for additional federal funding 
an expedited work authorization for illegal immigrants. In other words, give all of these criminal law-breaking, trespassing invaders a free pass and a work permit so they can go to work so we can stop putting them up in $400 a night hotels and feeding them $200 a night stale sandwiches. The mayors expressed gratitude from some of the previous funding, but emphasized the need for further action, citing the alleged strain on resources and the lack of coordination. The answer is quite simple, but Joe Biden and the Democrats refuse to see. Simply round these people up and shove them back across the border and tell them to go back and fix the broken countries from which they came. Don't come here and destroy ours. But as I said, Joe Biden and the Democrats are counting on, relying on, depending on, and needing so desperately all of the illegal trespassing immigrants to vote Democrat. And with that, my friends, it looks like we have run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Before I go, though, New York Post Josh Christensen says the migrant crisis has U.S. taxpayers on the hook for about $451 billion just to care for those who have entered illegally and have been released into the country or escaped from custody. And that comes from the House Republicans on a report that came out on Monday, exclusively obtained by the New York Post. We'll talk about that and more on the next edition of the Truth Hurts program. But for now, make it a great Monday. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was pre-recorded.